Reignite on RTE Radio 1 with AIB. It takes a certain kind of brave to run a business. We see it, we back it. And finally, on Reignite 2.1, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined on the line by Dr. Eliza Philby. Eliza researches the history of generations and in particular the implications of generational change for work, society and the economy. Eliza, you're so very welcome to Reignite. To get us started, we talk a lot about Generation Z, Millennials, Generation X, Baby Boomers. Can you give us a quick brief on what those terms mean? (laughs) Mm, So the Baby Baby boomers are that generation of cohort born in the aftermath of the Second World War and, and kind of the benefactors of the sort of liberalisation of the 1960s and actually sort of the economic reforms of the 1980s, which is why, you know, baby boomers are the kind of chief, what you would call privileged generation in terms of their assets and, and their wealth and actually their, their relatively stable period of, of, of that kind of post-war decades. And now, now they're still in the workplace. The majority of them are still working, but actually they are obviously the retirement age. And they're redefining what it means to be old, I think, as you've just seen in that last segment. You know, 70 no longer feels old in the same way that it did for perhaps our grandparents. And next generation you have are those born from 1965 to 1979, 80, depending on it changes across different countries. But that's Generation X. And that's the generation that came of age um, in the 1980s, um, hit um, kind of they are the squeeze generation right now looking after teenagers and also elderly parents. So they've been the squeeze generation during this pandemic with, I think, the most familial responsibilities and pressures. No one really talks about Gen X because I think they are the ignored Forgotten. generation. And they are. That's partly because there's fewer of them. So baby boomers, the, the, the clue is in the name. There was a lot of them. There's a huge um, you know, boom in the population. It's really across the Western world in the aftermath of the Second World War. In Gen X kind of era, actually, there was a, they were known as the baby bust because women stopped having as many as many children. And I think, you know, in a way, Gen X are quite a significant generation because they, they were the ones who I think saw the sort of in the workplace, the switch to um, talking about work-life balance and uh, much heavy, heavily influence mm-hmm. on diversity and inclusion and, and very different generation to the baby boomers. And then the next generation is, of course, the millennial generation who are no longer young, I think it's important to say. Well, I, I <laughs> am a millennial, I will tell you, but I've been proudly declaring it for years. To be told only a few weeks ago that I am a geriatric millennial. Yeah, you are, so am I. <laughs> and it's it's that cohort that and from 35 to 40, who still remember dial-up internet, I think is is that kind of key demographic that are, you know, perhaps parents or perhaps managerial level in professions and are definitely hitting midlife. But millennial cohort is, is quite a big one. It goes from those born from 1981 to 1996. And then, our, you know, and, and the millennials, I think, got a lot of stick about 10 years ago for being selfie generation, overprivileged and, and entitled. But actually, they've had a very difficult run in terms of entering the workforce at a time for global economic um, downturn, um, also the stagnation of wages, the difficulties of buying a house. And these aren't confined to Ireland or 
Great Britain, they are not only Western, they are global phenomenons. It's as difficult being a millennial in China as it is in, in North America. So in a sense, you know, the millennial generation are the first truly global generation in terms of what they've experienced. And of course, they came of age at a time of the smartphone. But then really, you've got the new kids on the block, which will make millennials feel very old. And that's Generation Z or Z, depending yeah, on where you The you Corona kids. <laughs> the Corona kids. And, and in a way, Corona is their moment because every generation is kind of defined by external events and those external events happening at a key point in their youth and, and COVID has hit them and it's constrained their education, their job prospects, um, their social networks, their youth and, and their, their, you know, their travel plans, their lived experience at a crucial point in their life where they're finding their identity. So, and, and I think, you know, we can... Just yeah, to, and, mean, and, and just to say. say there on that Generation Z, just to hone in on them, I think across all of those generations that you talk about, probably they would all, for the most part, agree, yeah, flexible work, working, we kind of see the pros of that. But where everybody is at then probably in terms of the point, the purpose of the office is probably different depending mm-hmm. on your age, where you fall in that generation. Generation Z, your research is showing you, they need to be back in an office. Yeah, I mean, I think it's important to remember that COVID is an age discriminate disease and it's affected the different generations differently. And, you know, baby boomers have felt most vulnerable um, in terms of their health, but it's Gen Z that have felt most vulnerable in terms of their mental health, their economic prospects and their social networks. So, of course, actually, the data is showing that it's Gen Z that want to get back to the office because for a lot of them, they haven't been working from home. Many of them haven't even, you know, got an office to talk about in their home. They've been working from bed. And, you know, I think their social networks, their social engagements um, have shrunk, increasing levels of loneliness, um, disconnection, um, rising levels of anxiety and, and, and issues around their mental health. I think they're yearning for that building to go to to have, you know, the office as a place of learning, as a place of social interaction, connection, and crucially, um, network building. And I think, you know, if you're in your 40s or 50s and you've been going to the office and doing the daily commuting grind for for 20 years, there's a sort of lethargy and a sort of release and relief that you don't have to do that anymore. But if you're in your early 20s, you know, it's it's all about going to the office and and and, you know, falling in love and learning new skills and learning the etiquette and learning your craft. And, and I think for that generation, so, so much of that time has been lost. And, and, and that's a crucial, um, you know, apprenticeship that's, that needs to be reinforced. What What is, yeah, like if they don't have those experiences, you know, of the, the cringe Christmas parties and the office romances and, as you say, just that network building, what is the long-term impact for their career prospects if we don't find our way to this hybrid remote work plus office experience soon? I think it's the crucial question. I, th- I think that one of the things about this pandemic, and if we go back to sort of early April last year when everyone said, oh, it will be temporary, everyone's love, you know, those that can work from home are enjoying it and it will all be fine and everything will go back to normal and we'll go back to our old working habits. We, you know, 16 months on now know that's false. And I think the long-term implications for this are very profound. This is the biggest shakeup in the workforce and working culture for 50 years. So I think we need companies, both big and small, need to think very carefully about what the future looks like. And there's a consensus building around the hybrid working model. And it's one that suits and needs to suit, I should say, both young and old. 
And, you know, my specialism is age diversity and the different generations. And in fact, I'm publishing uh, um, a report in September called Mind the Gap, how you manage a multi-generational workforce in the hybrid age. Because I think you need to be very wary that it's, it's yes, Gen Z want to go back to the office, but now they are coming to expect and implying for jobs with the understanding that worker flexibility is the norm for certain white collar um, workers, obviously for for, for blue collar jobs, that's not possible working from home. But I think we need to realise that, yes, Gen Z wants to get back to the office, but they also are actually now beginning to expect a level and degree of flexibility. And we also need to sort of zoom out a bit and think, well, this is the generation that have had a smartphone in their pocket since they were 13, the majority mm. of them. Okay. They have side hustles. They have, you know, multi-stage career plans. They are thinking very differently about the world of work and their career than older generations did in their day. Okay. And, and it's, you know, it's been, est- well, it's been it, estimated that Gen Z are going to have, you know, five different careers over their working life. So if you don't satisfy them and, and, and understand them and get ahead yeah. of it, you risk losing that talent. OK, so the biggest shake up in 50 years. We need to be thinking ahead. Thank you so much, Dr. Eliza Philby, for joining us on Reignite. We look forward to the publication of that report on the future of work in the autumn.